0: You know, how do you stay disciplined? How do you stay this? I, I just make up my mind. This is how the things are. You know, I'm I'm not eating, you know, pizza every day for lunch. That's not a discipline. That's just a choice. And when it's just a choice, when it's just who you are and what you do, then there's no discipline required whatsoever. Welcome
1: back to another episode of The Burn. I am Ben Newman, and now you've figured this out. Every single week, we're going to bring you a story of an athlete, an entertainer, a celebrity, an entrepreneur, somebody in the business space who has recognized that why and purpose is not enough. They're important, but you have to understand your underlying burn, which ignites your why and your purpose that then causes you to be disciplined in your daily actions on the days that you don't want to do it, and especially after you win. And today is an exciting opportunity for us to spend time with a friend of mine that I met through the Arate Syndicate. And so even though I'm not a member of the syndicate, I become a close and dear friend of the group, having done speaking for the group, having been able to be exposed to so many unbelievable members of the group, I mean, you talk about an entrepreneurial ship group in the world today. It doesn't get any better than the R.A.T. syndicate. It's a special group doing amazing things with Andy Frisella and Ed Milette. And so Quentin Lovejoy, I am so excited to finally, we've been talking about doing this for a while, finally having the opportunity to get you on the burn.
0: Ben, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'll admit I was a little intimidated. I look at, I, you know, I follow the burn. I watch your, your Instagram and I'm like, man, there's has been some big swingers on, on, on this podcast. I'm like, dude, and, and he wants me to come on. So, you know, I'll, I'll do my best here. So I appreciate that.
1: Well, I, I appreciate uh, your humbleness and appreciate you mentioning that. But there's a lot of pieces to your story that I think people will resonate with, which is why I wanted to do this. And I think the first one is, you know, just quite frankly, calling it what it is, you're a small town guy. You're a small town guy who's decided in the business world to play very big, but before we talk about how big you play in the commercial insurance space, I want to start with that small town kid who had big dreams and great work ethic that's gone on to build a great life and impact so many people. Tell us what it was like yeah. to grow up in a small town and what that burn has been for you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so like literally as I look out my office window right here in my home office, I look and I see cattle you know, out, out my window. I, I live in a town just north of Kansas City and we say we're a town of ten thousand people, but you know three thousand of them are incarcerated. So really, it's about a town of about seven thousand people. Hold on a second, you know, are they
1: actually counting the population?
0: They are. They annexed the <laughs> prison to count that in the population. Yeah. And, hey, we lost an Applebee's because we tried to pass that off as part of our population, and Applebee's <laughs> got mad, and you know. That's a little folklore of our of our little small town here. But you know, I grew up in a trailer park of of you know in this town of seven thousand people. And with that, you know, growing up in a small town, it's kind of a, a, a double-edged sword where you you grow up with certain values and certain, you know, handshake is a wor- is your word and you know, your word is your word and those sorts of things. You grow up with those small town values, but you also grow up with a small town perspective. Even today in this town, you know, if you make a year. People are like, man, that guy is wealthy. You mentioned Arte. It wasn't until I got around guys in Arte that I'm like, dude, like I had a bigger mentality just personally, but then even getting around guys like like you and Ed and Andy and becoming personal friends with so many of these guys in Arte, I'm like, you know, Ed said it to us on Arte the other day, he's like, guys, $400,000 is jet fuel money. It just blows your mind. And then even within RTA, you develop a circle of friends and you're like, wow, there's another. uh, We've talked about it with like Marshall Falk talks about the way he frames it is there's a room within a room within a room. There's a Hall of Fame and then there's a room within the Hall of Fame. There's growing up in a small town. You don't really see that. And the saying in my family was always, well, when Ed sends the money, we'll do this, this and this a reference to Ed McMahon and publicist mm-hmm. clearinghouse, you know, it's <laughs> like, Oh, when Ed sends the money, you know, we'll get a new car. We'll get, get off. And so these were just small town mentalities that were around me my entire life. And, and it really is due to guys, Ben Newman all the way back on episode three of the MSCEO project. You know, that's kind of where it really started to shift for me. And uh, so I had you directly to thank for that and Andy for sell and, and, no, we got uh, we got
1: to thank Andy because if it wasn't for him and that platform he's <laughs> created, that, that's that's all Andy, no doubt about it.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent. But you know, like I said, it it is it's, it's a double edged sword, you know. And and I try to live my life with those small town values as at my core, you know, of who I am, but with also the second rail where it's like, okay, I understand that what a small town offers is not the extent of what the world can offer, mm. and where there's a, a successful insurance broker down on Main Street USA down in the corner, you know, that's a nice book of business if you only want to exist in that little fishbowl of a small town. You know, so for me, my perspective has always been up and out, what's out there, what can I go do? And, you know, so here we are with 300. So
1: here here's what's interesting for me. I think I just tied something together. At least this is how I see it. And I I, I want to hear it from you. But I know you started with a large, right? We'll call it a, a large commercial business insurance company, right? And they have a tendency to do things a certain way. And you started to have tremendous success impacting companies, building relationships. And you started to recognize, Hey, there are some different ways you can do this, which I kind of, you know, say, Hey, here's this small town guy saying, Hey, You're trying to put me in the big city, but I recognize like, man, there's some relationship things I can do. I can do some things different. I may see this business opportunity different. And a lot of times when people do that, and I call it your uniqueness, right? So you leaned into your uniqueness and what you thought was a great opportunity. A lot of people will push back or tell you, you can't do things that way. Like, Business is insurance, is business insurance, and this is the way that you do it. And so I think right. it's so interesting that you've taken and the conversations we've had and the impact I've seen you make is that this uniqueness, you've leaned into it to say, hey, there's a different way to do this, which you believe is the right way. I- am I capturing this correctly? Because now I think I'm understanding yeah. why you moved away to really start the 300 group with our dear friend, John Chirando, who is one of the most brilliant business minds in the world today. I mean, you talk about a big thinker. I mean, he's it and he he takes the risk and pours into people and philanthropy. It's about as good as it gets. So you picked an amazing partner. But is that why you wanted to start the 300 group?
0: Yeah, 100%. So so that that initial entry point into the sales and marketing side of insurance. You know, I was in the insurance world for 15 years before that, but I wrote the legal contracts and I worked on the admin, the stuffy side. And then I was pulled into this sales and marketing side and We would have these district meetings or a regional meeting and everything was, uh, it was like, okay, here's kind of a a scheme or like a trick or, you know, hey, if you use this script, you can rope them into buying this or doing that, cross-selling this. And I mean, Ben, I don't have to tell you, the world is just filled with that kind of stuff. Nobody wants to be just legitimately helpful. And when they are, it's kind of like, well, that that's a little bit different. You know, so once I kind of had my fill of that, I'm like, Okay, you know, and I I thought, well, let's, let's go to that next level. So I went into the independent world, you know, and started with a, a, one of the oldest, best firms based in St. Louis, you know, you know, them well. And I got involved in the independent world and it was just like, okay, I see this now, but I'm also seeing the opportunity to still do something different. And I said, guys, I have this idea. Here's what I want to do. So we see this idea done on the commercial carrier side. Why don't we do that within the agency side of the world? And here's how we would do it. And they just said, well, it won't work. And I said, okay. So I was, you know, I talked to a couple other firms and, you know, one of them said, well, it's a cute idea, but we just don't think you have the drive and determination to make it work. And so I'm like, all right, well, those are the last two things that you would ever want to tell me. No, you can't do something and and you don't have the drive to make it work. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, all right, time ty- time to go do my own thing. And so, so you, you, talk,
1: uh, you talk about a burn. A lot of people are motivated that way. I mean, that, that'll, that'll, you think about that 100%. every day. That'll push you.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Those two things, you know, getting thrown at me basically at the same time, I said, there's only one answer. And the answer is I have to go do it on my own. Yeah. And I just happened to end up in a, in a meeting down in Florida where John was there. And I said, here's what I'd like to do. You know, what do you think? And I just picked his brain on it. And he's like, a few months later, he's like, yeah, let's do it. And so here we are. It's incredible. It's, uh, he, yeah. He's an amazing guy to add in your corner. Um, he's been there every step of the way. And I, I couldn't have a better business partner and especially just wife mentor. You know what, you know, the challenge is that, that he just knocks down every single day, personally, professionally, and everything. And uh, I'm incredibly blessed to have him in my corner.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a huge, huge blessing. And somebody who will support those types of initiatives where people may think you're crazy but that might be the right way to go about doing things. And I hope for everybody listening, you know, there's a couple of things that I want you to grab onto. Number one, right? Quentin grew up in a small town, still lives in a small town, but look how big he thinks, right? So don't be limited necessarily by your environment. Think big and be courageous. And also you don't have to listen to the naysayers in your life. I think Quentin is such a powerful testimony to when you don't listen to the naysayers and you doubt your doubts and you believe your beliefs, that you can do big things and make a big imprint. I want to talk before, there's something very significant I want to do. I just want to kind of lay the the groundwork, but I want to talk about discipline before we do. I want Mm -hmm. to talk about kind of being in the middle of the year and the importance of slowing down to evaluate where people are, which I think ties into your business and what you do. But before we get there... You know, in addition to sharing the same haircut, you and I both uh, share a passion for 75 hard, which Andy Frisella created. And there's people who try 75 hard. For some reason, they don't make it. And then there's guys like you and I who decide that it's going to become part of our life. And we just keep doing it over and over again, which means that we might have some screws loose or we recognize that it's pushing and challenging us to be better. So what is 75 hard done for you? And how has the discipline from 75 hard shown up in your business and your personal life to push you to be better?
0: Yeah, a thousand percent. You know, the one thing about 75 hard that's always resonated with me is that when I'm doing the work, when I'm doing that weighted, that <clears throat> weighted rush, or that cardio outside when it's raining or snowing or sleeting or whatever, the constant thought that runs through my head is your competition is not doing this. If my competition mm. won't do that, then my competition also will not do the other things in business that I'm willing to do either. I don't know how you would label that spirit or you told me I can't do it. So I'm going to go do it. I don't know what you would call that, but that's kind of that that's in that same vein for me. It's like, well, my competition won't do it. So that means I'm going to do it. That means I should be doing that thing. So, I, that my so I, I
1: actually call that, it's actually very it's very prevalent that I find this with athletes because they're told you're too short, you're too small, you're too this, you're too that. And so I call it, it's JWM. It's a just watch me mentality, right? So it's, oh, you tell me I can't, just watch me. And uh, right. so I, I love that mentality. I can see that in you.
0: Yeah. And the other part of it is, and you've, you've spoken to it recently, where it's not discipline if you just make up your mind if that's what it is. I mean, Jocko Willing talks about it. You know, how do you stay disciplined? How do you stay disciplined? I I just make up my mind. This is how the things are. You know, I'm, I'm not eating, you know, pizza every day for lunch. That's not a discipline. That's just a choice. And when it's just a choice, when it's just who you are and what you do, then there's no discipline required whatsoever. If you talk about it. It's the standard. You know, my standard is this. You know, personally, my standard is... I don't have private communications with women that aren't my wife. No, that's just the standard, you know? So if I just have that standard, then there's nothing else that could ever, 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 you know, progress from that point. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's kind of like the same thing with 75 hard. Well, okay. If my standard is I'm going to do these workouts and I'm going to read this material, I'm going to do these things. It's not discipline. It's just, you just do it. just is what it is so that that's how I look at 75 hard and it's been transformative for my for my mental state in that in that regard so So,
1: so one of the reasons and I I didn't know how you would answer the question but one of the reasons why I specifically wanted to start by answering that question before I really finished with something I think is really important for people to evaluate especially business owners when you go through 75 hard there's an awareness to the details and those choices that you make that just becomes different. It, it's a, it's an intentional focus that when I'm doing something, I'm going to focus and I'm going to do it right. Because with that program, if you don't do it right, you go back to day zero. There's not like, well, you exactly. know, you take your daughter through the Chick-fil-A drive-through and you eat a bite of her cookie or take a bite of her chicken finger. That simple act <laughs> of not being focused right. on that detail. You're going back. There's no, well, it was just one bite of a cookie or it was one bite of a chicken finger. Like, That's a cheat and you go back. And so I wanted to start there because I love how detailed you are. I love how you show up. I love how you've built your business. But I really want to take the time for you to speak to business owners who have a tendency to get moving too fast. And one of the things that I really appreciate about how you go about business evaluations of business, making sure that people are managing their risk correctly through the 300 group and your partnership with businesses is we're like six months into the year and people set out, they have a, they have a business plan, they have their goals. And sometimes we get content, we get comfortable, we get stuck in a way of doing things and you are so meticulous to the details. What are some of the things that you find with business owners that they overlook in your work that becomes so important that actually help them hit their goals at a higher level that actually make them more efficient as a business owner? What are some of those things? If we can get some people six months into the year to slow down, what would some of those right. things be to pay attention to?
0: Right. Yeah. Great question. Because my industry has trained business owners to think of their business insurance program as a commodity. It's Blue Raz First Form Energy Drink or Orange Sunrise First Form Energy Drink. It's all, it's all the same. It's just a matter which flavor you're drinking or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's all the same. It doesn't make a difference. Whereas what I try to draw out of my clients and the people that I work with is that if you're using your business insurance program on the same level that you use tax strategies or legal strategies or whatever, if you think about it and if you utilize it on that same level, it can be just as much of a competitive advantage as either of those other two things. I mean, I have client after client after client where we dug into their program and I said, well, you can do this differently and you're actually more competitive in your your marketplace, in your industry than Bob down the street who hasn't thought about it this way. Or this other contractor that doesn't do things this way or this other e-commerce guy that has to charge for shipping insurance when your insurance policy allows for a certain amount of shipping. You know, all these different little things, these little case studies I can talk about all day. And again, we have trained them to, do, to think about it that, way. you know, it's insurance, I've got to have it, whatever, and that's it, you know. So that's what I would challenge people to, to do is to kind of reframe how they think about those programs and really look at them as an opportunity to be more competitive and to have a strategic advantage against the people in their, in their industry.
1: I love it. You know, because I think a lot of people don't look at it that way. And, you know, so I think, you you know, you get six months into the year, you know, evaluate the disciplines of what you said you wanted to do from a health standpoint, whether it's 75 Hard or another program, evaluate your relationships in your life, evaluate the ways that you go about doing business, evaluate your team, evaluate your daily behaviors, and evaluate some of these strategic partnerships that I think it's interesting, you know, having been in the, you know, insurance business in the past on the life insurance side and financial services side you know, a lot of times people just look, well, this is just something that I need and it becomes a, you know, a commodity event. Whereas people need to really slow down and evaluate the way these things can be used to an advantage because when done correctly, it helps you move ahead and actually have a higher probability of hitting your goals and having a bigger, stronger, more efficient business. So I, I love your approach to the way that you do things. And I'm, I'm going to make sure for everybody listening, because I, I really want this to be this like we're, we're closing in on six months, evaluate all these areas of your life but you're if you're a business owner that's been moving too fast in regards to business insurance, in addition to things about Quentin's, you know, bio and things of that nature, in the call notes, we're gonna make sure that there's all the information for you to reach out to Quentin and ask him any questions that you would have based upon your business insurance, how you go about it, the strategies or approaches that you've taken. And if there's no strategy, not having a strategy is not a strategy. And I've had lunch with Quentin, I've had breakfast with Quentin, and like He will get into those case studies. There's plenty of them. And uh, it makes you realize that you really have put a tremendous amount of passion and belief into your work. And I just think it's such a great example for all of us going back to when you were told you can't do it this way. And now not only are you proving that you can, you're proving it's the right way, I think says a lot about you. And I appreciate your courage.
0: Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I have entrepreneurs on every side of my family and everything, and I I have a soft spot for entrepreneurs. I just see the grind, every the blood, the sweat, the tears, the sleepless nights. I mean, I live it too, just like every entrepreneur out there. And what I hate to see is all of that. Think about grinding for 20, 30 years on, on your business, every sacrifice, every kid's boarding event you miss, all the things, all the travel, all the stuff you do. Boom, done tomorrow. You know, for one thing, that probably should have been taken care of in your insurance program. I see it all the time. I inevitably will look at a policy and be like, "Well, that could shut their lights out tomorrow." You know, or hey, there's a gap, but maybe they can self-insure it. You know, so let's take those dollars over here. You can utilize it there. Whatever the case, strategic is the right word. You know, we just have to make decisions based off what's best for the what's best for those conditions. Well, Quentin,
1: I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on the burn. And and you could have said there have been all these other people, but uh I'll tell you what, your story's powerful because you believe in yourself. Your story is powerful because you've set standards for yourself. Your story is powerful because you said you were gonna go about doing things the right way and you go about it the right way. And in a world where everybody's telling you how great they want to be, and then we go look at their action, it's a different story you are living what you say you're going to do. And I think it's a, it's rare and it's an example that we need and one that I appreciate. So, you know, with my new book, August 1st, coming out the standard, you know, it's guys like you that show like, yes, you need to have standards. You need to show up a certain way and you do that. And I really appreciate you coming on the burn.
0: Well, thanks, Ben. I appreciate that and and honor the opportunity. And uh, let's close out the second half of the year. Let's go. Uh,
1: we'll, we'll continue to keep attacking together. Uh, I appreciate our friendship. I appreciate the ways that you're able to, to help me and how I think in showing up. And for each and every single one of you, what I would love for you to think about you know, we're right here in this middle half of the year, right? Whether it's the personal, whether it's the professional, we have a tendency to get pulled in different directions. So I'm going to challenge you. It, it doesn't have to be 75 hard lock in more and lean in more on something that's going to push you physically because it's going to cause you to be more clear in your business. Evaluate areas in your business where you've been going too fast and get into the details like Quentin is talking about in every aspect. It's not just your business insurance. It's your accounting. It's every aspect. And if there's ever questions, you know, I've been doing this kind of work for 18 years in the coaching space. So in sports and in business, Don't ever hesitate to reach out. You know, there's so many people that I know and trust in my life, like Quentin, that if you have questions regarding your business, we're here to help and we can give you direction and advice. And so I appreciate every single one of you every week showing up to hear stories of the burn, the guys like Quentin who said, tell me I can't do something and I'll go do it. Maybe that JWM mindset is the one that you live with every single day. So we're going to keep bringing you stories of the burn. We're going to keep bringing you the stories of the Quentin Lovejoys and encouraging you to take that burn, ignite that why and purpose every single day, and then choose to be disciplined because discipline wins. Once again, Quentin Lovejoy, thank you for coming on the burn. And to each and every single one of you, I appreciate you. We are in this fight together, and let's keep attacking.